In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents... Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop story. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny... One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. Summer League is done. So what did we learn? There's little things that these guys have to figure out. They're young, so we just got to keep working with them with it. Welcome to the Hawks Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Lauren Williams, the new Hawks beat reporter from the AJC, and I'm happy to be taking the reins as the host of this podcast. If you are listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up later, we'll look at the Hawks' new additions, and I want to dig into Atlanta and its commitment to player development by bringing back one of its former All-Stars and one of the most popular players in recent memory. But first, let's start with what we saw at Summer League in Las Vegas. You know, we got to make shots. We got to understand this game and... You know, I'm going to talk about the reading. Like, it's a yeah. red league. You have to know how to play with Reds. You can't hold the ball. You can't drive right back into the defense. There's little things that these guys have to figure out. They're young, so we just got to keep working with them with it. So that was Summer League head coach Nick Van Exel. And, you know, that was after one of their, their five games that they played at Summer League. And one of the things that he talked about, he said reading. And by that, he meant switching. So... That, that was something that they definitely weren't ready for in that first game that they lost to the Utah Jazz. So the Hawks ended up going two and three, which marks another year that the Hawks have not made an appearance in the championship games. So we're going to chat about what went down in Vegas and, you know, what the Hawks were able to kind of see in terms of what their young players will be able to offer them. Um, one big thing is that they signed second round pick Tyrese Martin to a two year deal that shows a commitment to what Tyrese would be able to offer them and, and bring to the table. Uh, You know, he obviously had a little bit of a rocky start at Summer League in that first game, going one of nine from the floor. But, you know, as the tournament went on, it seemed he kind of found his footing a little bit. Uh, Definitely just got to, you know, pick up things quicker. Um, That's something with the terminology of the NBA um, within the last couple of days of just putting in plays, first time with each other. I definitely got to get that down pat. But besides that, I feel like I did a bit pretty good out there. And how have the coaching staff, I guess, been kind of helping you kind of get that going and start communicating on the floor more and picking up the terminology quicker? Uh, just talking to me, uh, timeouts and things like that, reminding me we got older guys here also that are helping me yeah. pick up things quick. So, I mean, they're very helpful, and I'm just hoping to get the best out of this. 
Yeah, I think he definitely got the best out of, of Summer League. He definitely seemed to pick up the, the terminology of the Hawks system. He definitely seemed to get more comfortable in the system and with the pace of plays. Do I see him, you know, being someone that could crack this rotation? You know, it's it's really tough to see just because the Hawks are a pretty deep team this year. And, you know, I don't think it's totally impossible just because I think he embodies the grit and the grind that this Hawks team wants to make a part of their identity. And so what we saw in Vegas is him being kind of that dog defensively. I mean, we saw it a lot, especially in that first game when his offense wasn't working for him. He really tried to rely on his defense. And as he got more comfortable, we saw that defense kind of turning into offense and, it's going to be what's going to help him stick on this team. He isn't afraid to play physically with guys on the floor. He isn't afraid to get after them and make contact. So for the most part, you know, he stuck with guys that he was supposed to guard and he seemed to communicate well with his teammates on the floor, especially as they try to get used to the NBA switching. That's, you know, obviously very popular. So in that first game, you know, I think, he definitely seemed uncomfortable again, but if he's going to be a part of this Hawks rotation, he's going to have to be able to shake that off very, very quickly. So I think as time goes on, you know, he's going to become more and more comfortable in the Hawks system. Um, You know, we see that he has the potential to knock shots down from three. Uh, One thing that he's going to have to be able to do is do that more consistently. So, you know, they have a lot of players on the floor who are proven shooters and, you know, in Bogey and DeAndre and even just in Holiday. So, you know, it's going to be tough for him to crack the rotation, but it's not totally impossible. So, you know, I think he has the potential to be somebody that could have a lasting impact on this team. And so I think the The Hawks are very pleased with what he brought to the table. And obviously they rewarded him for that with a two-year deal. One of the guys that we didn't get a chance to see much of was first round pick AJ Griffin. Um, You know, he had that foot injury that kept him out of practice those first couple of days. I learned that there wasn't a specific moment of injury with Griffin, but it was enough that the Hawks felt it better to take the cautious route as opposed to, you know, trying to push him too fast, too quickly and making a situation worse than it needs to be. So, you know, obviously the Hawks were very impressed with him. They took him in the first round at number 16. You know, I was a little bit disappointed that he didn't play. And I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a lot to be concerned about. Um, I'm a little concerned just because of Griffin's injury history, but I don't think it's something that we need to worry too much about. Um, You know, from all that we saw, you know, it's tough just because you definitely want to see your first round pick play. But uh, again, it's understandable why the Hawks would take the cautious route. But From what I observed at one of the practices that I was able to attend in Vegas, you know, he was itching to play. It's not as if he wanted to sit out. And, you know, Van Exel kind of confirmed that Griffin really, really wanted to play. Just day to day with him, you know, 
it is the summer league. We, we would like them out there, but it's the summer league. It's the summer league. We got a long 82-game uh, season, so that's what's more important. You know, Griffin will have to compete pretty hard in training camp if he's going to want to try and carve out some regular minutes in the Hawks rotation. But I think we can all agree that kind of like Martin, we we don't anticipate that they'll spend a lot of time with the main roster and they'll probably spend, you know, much of their time with the College um College Park Skyhawks. So, you know, another player that kind of like Griffin dealt with some injuries throughout uh summer league and will likely spend a lot of time with the College Park Skyhawks is Sharif Cooper. Um, you know, he was dealing with a thumb injury throughout uh, the summer league, you know, between him and Van Exel, they said that it was kind of bothering him a little bit in that first game, but, you know, he didn't want to make any excuses. So, you know, summer league was supposed to be an opportunity for, for Cooper to grow and, and show that he has grown after spending a whole season with the Hawks last year. Um, but, you know, let's hear from Sharif what his goals were, and we'll talk about whether or not we think he met them. Um, yeah, just taking the experience I got from last year to, you know, come implement it into this year. Um, little things like, you know, being a leader, um, having experience to, to help help new guys, and, and just also be, you know, growing and maturing is, is my plan for uh, this year. And how do you plan to do that? I mean, growing and maturing, it takes time. You can only see it really in increments. So what are you doing to kind of take that next step? I'll continue to work, um, continuing to, you know, shoot, shoot better, handle better, um, make better decisions. All those things come with, you know, maturity and growth. So yeah. those are, you know, some of my areas that I want to grow in. And one thing I uh, talked with Coach Van Exel about last week is that he kind of wants to see you be a little bit more aggressive kind of setting your teammates up a little bit more. So what does that say to you, and how do you hope to kind of get that going? Yeah, continuing to, 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 to let the game come to me, um, make, make the right plays, make winning plays, and mm-hmm. I feel like that'll, that'll help me do everything he's telling me yeah. to do. Unfortunately for Cooper, we didn't get to see him, you know, make a ton of oppor- – or create a ton of opportunities for his teammates there. And frankly, his decision-making a lot of the times, you know, does question, bring questions up about whether or not he's seeing the game the way that he wants to be or or, or he should be. Is the game still happening too quickly for him? Um, here's what Nick Van Exel had to say when asked about, you know, the cons- if there should be concerns about where Cooper is in, in his development. You know, it's, it's, it's pressure on these kids. I mean, let's, let's be honest. So, you know, we talked about it yesterday when you are who you are as coming into this league, all the hype, hoopla, you know, you put unwarranted pressure on yourself. And I just try to tell Shrew, just, just stay calm. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'll figure it out. But when you're rushing in this league and you're young, it's going to feel like it's 15 people on the court. You know, when it opens up, when he slows down, yeah. it opens up. It's Now the court is open. Yeah. I don't think he's there yet, yeah. you know, so still got to work with him with that. Van Exel was, you know, asked a follow-up question on and how you kind of coach players to get the game to slow down for themselves, and and here's what he said about that. Uh, it's 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 a uh, it's a tough process. It's not an overnight process, especially when guys are so used to just going and able to get from A to B without any problems. So now it's like 
I really can't get from A to B like I used to. And then if I get to B, I got C, which is a seven-foot tree waiting on me. You know, so it's so, so much stuff that you have to just break down and they have to, you know, slow down themselves. And it's tough, but, you know, once you get it, it's good. But it's a tough process. I just got to keep working with them. I mean, I I empathize with Cooper a lot, especially because you the again the Hawks rotation is is gonna be pretty deep, especially at point guard. I mean, you've got Trey, you've got Dejounte, who I'm sure the Hawks will stagger with Trey whenever Trey's resting, and vice versa. And then you also have a veteran like Aaron Holiday, so it kind of leads to questions about where does Sharif fit into this team long term. So the Hawks have extended a qualifying offer to Cooper. And, you know, I don't think how he played at Summer League will jeopardize whether or not he has that two-way contract necessarily. But I do think it kind of limits his bargaining power of trying to, you know, either get onto the main roster or land with another team. Um, I think it just shows that he needs quite a bit more time to develop and figure things out. And so, you know, I think the good thing for him is that the Hawks picked him for a reason. And, and so I think this upcoming season will give him a little bit more time to kind of figure out what it is that he needs to figure out. And, you know, I think that He's in a good spot right now, especially with the Hawks kind of doubling down on player development, especially with the recent move that they made, which we'll touch on a little bit more later. But, you know, I think the goal is improvement. And so I really wanted to know from Coach Van Exel how he he judges how a player can improve and, and what the metrics are that teams or coaches use to measure that. Just, okay, I guess as far as when it comes to development mm-hmm. and everything like that, mm-hmm. is it, how tough is it not to kind of put benchmarks in place mm-hmm. and then, you know, if they don't meet those benchmarks in the time frame that you might have in your mind, mm-hmm. how do you help them reframe it and then keep going? Well, at the end of the day, you always want to strive for things and, and see improvement. And, you know, some guys get it, some guys don't. That's the hard truth of it, you know. Yeah. Some guys can turn the corner. Some guys can't turn the corner. Some guys are what we call two and three teamers, mm-hmm. meaning they don't get it the first team, they don't get it the second team, mm-hmm. maybe they get it the third team. But they learn something along the way. They just don't get it while they're with that first team. Sure. It's up to us as, you know, player development guys to just keep doing what we do, mm-hmm. keep trying our best to get the best out of these guys yeah. to help them improve. And that's all we can really ask for. You know, not only is Summer League a chance for the players to show what they can offer to a team and how they can fit in into a roster, but it's also a chance for young coaches or or coaches with head coaching aspirations to showcase their talents on the bench. I think, you know, this was a really big opportunity for Coach Van Exel, who has had head coaching experience. He he had he was a head coach for the Texas Legends, um, which was a, a G League team for the Mavericks. So, you know, this was the first time we kind of got to see what he was like as a leader. And I got a chance to talk to him before Summer League about what his goals were and what he wanted to showcase. And, and here's what he had to say. Just uh, communicating with players, you know. I think that's, you know, the biggest thing nowadays is learning how to communicate with uh, a different generation of players, you know, mm-hmm. being positive, uh, 
having an, an impact on them as far as, you know, the, the way the game of basketball is played and the way others will perceive you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, going into the Vegas Summer League, it's not, you know, really about the team that you're playing for. Mm-hmm. It's 29 other teams that will have eyes on you guys. So just teaching them about doing things the right way mm-hmm. uh, on and off the court, having good mannerisms mm-hmm. uh, on the court, on the bench, mm-hmm. you know, being a good, positive teammate and just doing things the right way on the court as far as, you know, basketball is concerned. So mm-hmm. just want to help these guys, you know, come – closer to their goals, their dreams, and, you know, we'll see what happens. So one thing Coach Van Exel also mentioned to me is, especially when I asked him about maybe some feedback he, he received from Coach McMillan, um, is that, you know, they he wanted to be a little bit more animated on the court as well. And I don't think we got a chance to fully see that, you know, Nick Van Exel doesn't seem like he's the rah-rah type of guy, which, you know, every coach has a different personality. He seems like he's kind of a cool, calm, collected kind of guy. And and sometimes, you know, teams need that. They need that calming presence. And I think, you know, he gained the respect of the players that were on that summer league roster, which I think was part of his goal. And I think he, he was a pretty good leader as far as, trying to bring guys along. I mean, we saw guys like Shondi Brown, uh, again, Martin. We saw Justin Tillman, Tyson Etienne. We saw these guys kind of come into their own as the the tournament unfolded. So I, I think there is potential for, you know, Nick Van Exel to make steps toward being a head coach. It's just a matter of, can he help guys now turn the corner? And I think he said it himself. He has a pretty good assessment of some guys can do it and some guys can't do it. And time will tell if, you know, he can get that crack at being, being a head coach. This is the Hawks report from the Atlanta journal constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Welcome back to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I just want to take this time to thank everyone who subscribes to the AJC and AJC.com. It's what makes all of this possible. Now, if you aren't a subscriber, you can go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. And your first month of unlimited digital access is just 99 cents. That's subscribe.ajc.com ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on so you know i kind of mentioned 
this a little bit when I was talking about Cooper and what the Hawks might have in store for his development. And again, I mentioned how this team seems to be doubling down a bit on that. And and this week they created a, a brand new position. Um, you know, they created the director of player affairs and development, and they, they brought aboard uh, former Hawks and NBA sharpshooter Kyle Korver. So, you know, according to the Hawks, you know, Carver, Korver, excuse me, <laughs> is going to be working alongside the coaches, the athletic team uh, and the front office to kind of come up with plans for each of the players on the roster and he's going to be overseeing those plans. So I think it's kind of fair to say that, you know, not only does this team have a plan for how it wants to create a long lasting and a potential dynasty, but it has by putting into place somebody who's going to not only come up with ideas of how to get players where they need to go, but also implement and make sure that no one falls through the cracks. So you know, I think Corver will be coming up with the plans, but I don't think that this team is going to be relying solely on him. You know, based on what we know, it seems like it's going to be a completely team effort as far as making sure that everybody's getting, you know, what they need, where they need it, and they're meeting whatever timeline or need to pivot uh, in place. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of collaboration. So I don't think Corver will be the dictator as far as uh, coming up with the plans and putting them into place. But I think he will have a voice, obviously. That's why he's the director. But I think it's going to be a, a pretty big team effort. And I don't think anything will go into place unless everyone is on board. So yeah, I, I, I think this is a really good hire. I think that Corver will be a really good voice, especially since they lost Chris Gent, who we know was responsible for being kind of that shooting coach that this team has. And what better replacement than somebody who shot 42.9% over the course of their career. So, you know, I think, I think this is a good hire. I think it's good that this team wants to make sure that again, no one falls through the cracks. So you know, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to Kyle Corver soon and get his thoughts on on how he sees this job unfolding and what he hopes to accomplish in his first season in this role. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get to some questions from you guys. Um, you know, I love the opportunity to answer your questions and get your thoughts on what this Hawks team is doing. So you can keep sending me questions. That's either at my email, which is lauren.williams at ajc.com, or you can tweet at me at Williams Lauren L. All right. So I have, you know, my friend Jay Black here to help me answer your questions. And with that, Jay, take it away. And, uh, you know, we've had to retire since we made this host uh, change on the Hawksport. We had this very dramatic uh, theme music yeah. for the mailbag segment. But but what do you like dramatic theme music for the mailbag segment? Or what? what yeah, um... let's try it out. All right, so we'll we'll add that in for the next time. Uh, okay. But first up, uh, from GQ, not not the magazine, but the guy. Um, <laughs> how are you enjoying your first month reporting on the Hawks? Yeah, this this has been 
a really, really fun ride, I will say. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to cover this team. I think the fact that so much happened in my first three weeks on the job between the Murray trade, the draft, uh, the amount of free agents that they brought aboard, I think this team is going to be really fun to, to cover. And I think that it's fair to say that the expectations that they have this season are going to be very, very high. Um, you know, it's it's quite a change from covering the Pistons, which was a very rookie-heavy team. They were in the middle of their restoration, as Troy Weaver said. And now I'm on the flip side of that, where I'm covering a team that has not only playoff aspirations, but championship aspirations. And so I think you can already see in place why it will be so hard for some of these rookies to crack the rotation just because there's so much experience on this team and not just experience in terms of playing in the NBA, but experience in playing in the NBA postseason. So it's been a fun ride and I'm really excited to continue this journey. All right. Next up from at elevate baseball. We do not discriminate uh, here on the Hawks board, <laughs> whether you like baseball or basketball or whatever. Uh, but he's got a very good question, or she. Is Frank Kaminsky's contract fully, partially, or not guaranteed? And why is that seemingly such a strongly guarded secret? You know, it's funny. I don't even think it's necessarily a strongly guarded secret. I just think that it's somebody who is not that high up on – the depth chart so maybe people don't really need to put that information out there I don't know but to answer your question it is a fully guaranteed contract so the Hawks signed him to a one-year deal at the veteran minimum and yeah he he's gonna be a part of this roster and the next question is from Devonte Hughes on the same subject <laughs> how can Frank Kaminsky succeed within the Hawks scheme yeah I think I actually really like this signing um, because Frank, he offers quite a bit of versatility to the Hawks. He's going to add a lot of depth in the front court and we can see him play either at the four or the five. And I think the Hawks kind of needed that depth, especially at the five. Um, we saw in the playoffs that they kind of had to rely on on Yeka Okongwu a lot, especially with Clint dealing with an injury and so to kind of have this you know proven person who's played in the playoffs I mean he was a huge part of that uh Suns run back in the 2020-21 season um and so I think again where we see them adding adding in people who have not only playoff experience but deep playoff experience and so I think the way that he succeeds is just kind of being that Swiss army knife guy who they can lean on whenever they need him to be leaned on. <laughs> All right, next up from Jose Saramongo. Sorry, Jose, if I got that wrong. Where does DeJounte Murray fit into this team's pecking order? Is he now the second most important player or does Hunter remain a lurking mystery? I definitely think that DeJounte is this team's second most important player. I mean, he is, you know, not only going to be Trey Young's running mate, but he's also going to be the guy who I think this Hawks team is going to depend on when Trey is on the bench. And I also think because he brings that 
strong defensive presence um they're gonna rely on him a lot especially when the two are running the floor together on the defensive side of the ball um i don't think that we see a lot of teams that have both of their players who can handle the ball averaging 20 points and eight plus assists per game so it's definitely fair to say that he is the second most valuable player on this team and I mean, he has the potential to become maybe even one of its most valuable, depending on how he performs over the next couple of seasons. Um, you know, Trey obviously brings a lot to the table. And uh, I think it's fair to say that he I mean, maybe they could even be on equal footing in, in terms of value. Next question is from Ice Trey with a one. Um <laughs> Probably a big fan. Probably not that ice tray. But uh, the question <laughs> is, will there be more shakeups to the assistant coaches? Who plans to be the lead offensive assistant filling in for Chris Gent? You know, I don't anticipate that there will be too many more shakeups in terms of the coaching staff. I think they've kind of set what it is with the hire of uh, coach Longabardi and the promotion of uh, Joe Prunty. So um, I think in terms of what I've heard, it's going to be kind of a team effort. I don't think there's going to be necessarily a offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, coordinator role. I think it's just going to be a collaborative effort. And, you know, I think Nate understands that he's the head coach. He's going to have to be, the guy that you know shoots things down or decides to take them up so I think that it's gonna be what we have right now um as I mentioned before I think Corver can take on a little bit of that role as the guy who you know is the shooting coach even though he's technically in the front office so I think it's gonna be a lot of collaboration um and I think the Hawks very much value close collaboration between front office and basketball ops. And the final question comes from at producer Jay. You know, found a good spot to eat yet uh, since you've come back to Atlanta. Oh, um, not yet. I think it's just been kind of such a whirlwind that I, <laughs> I, I literally just settled into my apartment this just last weekend. I mean, when I was going to Vegas, I actually signed my lease as I was about to get on the plane. So I've literally been in my apartment for just one week. Um, and it, I don't know. Uh, I'm really excited to see what's out there to offer or what the town has to offer. Um, I'm in the South now, so I can finally enjoy lots of good soul food, which I'm really excited about. And being from Jamaica, I need to find a really, really good Jamaican restaurants. So if you guys have any recommendations, tweet me, email me. I, I'm ready and I'll give my thoughts on on that. I'm really excited to to be back in this city. Um, and I'm back. I'm glad to actually be recording uh, at an actual desk instead of on top of <laughs> boxes. So, yeah. I'm Theater of the mind. That's the great thing about a podcast. It, exactly. <laughs> All right, so that wraps up today's show, everyone. Uh, please don't forget to rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. Um, that's what really helps us grow this show. So I hope you guys will continue to stick with us. 
Uh, we'll have more content for you guys this off season. And with that, I'm signing off. This is Lauren Williams, and thanks for listening to the Hawks Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.